Hey, it's the Page Avenue Crew Podcast. My name's Adam. Hi, everybody. I'm Dan. I'm Josh. I'm Ryan. Wow, we did it. We killed it. We went right around the room. Crushed it, bro. We're getting so pro. I mean, it's going to be hard for us to, you know, you stay on... Just continue talking to people with normal conversations after we are such superstars from this podcast. Stay on target. It's hard for me to talk to you guys now. I have so many issues. (laughs) 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 Hi, everyone. What's up, y'all? Let's do these shots. Yeah. It's quite a day. It's quite a day. Today is uh, Tuesday when we're recording this. You're hearing it on Friday or after, but... Tuesday, October 6th. Yes. 2020. And, and a shitty thing happened today, or I guess it was today, or was it last night, yesterday? I don't Announced really know. Announced today, yeah. Uh, Edward Van Halen has passed away. From, 65 years old. Throat cancer? Yeah, yep. throat cancer. Yep. So, you know, that's uh, a big loss for the rock and roll world. So uh, we wanted to start the show. Uh, the, not this isn't a show. This is a show. It is a show. We want to start the, the cast out. With uh, we wanted to do a nice little shot in tribute that you guys can't see it, but you'll be able to hear us drinking it. Yep, maybe I'll, I'll our, swallow real hard. Hopefully, I hear our mood go up after. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so here it is. Let's bring it in. Yeah, we got some whiskey. Cheers! Cheers! Cheers. Ding to ding, EVH! Ding, ding ding ding! To EVH, Mr. Van Halen. If you're on your way to work on Friday morning, go ahead and start the day off right and get you, get yourself get you a pull <laughs> pull over. Yeah, yeah, get a shot. Do it, <clears throat> dude. Why we're all like. In uh, in Heavyville, you want to know how much I lift? <laughs> no, just why, I don't know. We're, I feel like we're starting kind of dark and heavy, but so I might as well just kind of go with it. But your dick has officially fallen off. I'm gonna do that. No, I'm, my dick is good now, dude. Oh, it's back. Okay, oh, good. my dick is good Moist, to go. moisturized. I'll, yeah, I'll make good. sure we can't get too dark here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, this is just kind of a heavy thought, but like I thought about this all day. I'm gonna do that like thing that's probably annoying to a lot of people, where I just try to find like the silver lining and shit. You know, Adam, for a couple of years, like when you left the band, like you and I, I remember had a couple of discussions. Like I remember you being, not to put your shit out here too hard, but like one of the determining factors for you being kind of burnt out on the band and touring and all that stuff is just kind of feeling like you had a little window of your life where you, I think both of us, you more than me, kind of like, like what, what am I doing? Is what am I do? Is, is what I'm doing? having like an impact on the world? Am I making any kind of difference in anyone's yeah. lives? Like, like what am I doing with my life? Is it like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I've had little hints of that, like creeping every once in a while. It's like, dude, like it's just making music. Is it really like, I'm not curing cancer. Like, like, could I be doing something more meaningful, you know? And then when the world loses someone like, Eddie Van Halen, and you just see, like, in a microsecond, like, how many people it affects, that's the kind of, like, it's dark as fuck, and I just find that light. That's the way I'm wired. I find that light, and to me, that's the light. Like, yeah, dude, what we do, we'll never, I mean, we're obviously, we're not as big as Van Halen. Whoa, 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 uh, whoa. You know, we'll never be on that level. We'll never sell 20 million records and everything, but, like, what we do is loaded with meaning. What we do, writing songs, giving people like people how many people out there have like lyrics that we've written or you written tattooed on them how many people like come to our shows and you know forget about their bills and their you know like uh the prison of their jeans and just forget about fucking everything just have a good time you know listen to your songs and shit like I, i i don't know more and more every year i get older and older i'm like what we do really has a lot of meaning and i feel it a lot more than i did even like in our heyday you know yeah and, for and, sure yeah mm-hmm. and like when the world loses someone like this you just realize like, you see how many people are affected you know like you, you know what i'm saying like yeah. I, I don't even look at my social media like i 
I'm terrible at it. I post, I fucking ghost. But I went and looked at it just to see. And it's just like, it's just like when Dimebag passed. It's like every guitar player, musicians, like, it's like, yeah, dude, what we do has meaning. And it, yeah. you could, it definitely affects other people's emotional state and their lives, you know? Yeah. So fuck yeah. Mm. You know? Yeah, the older I get, I realize the same thing. Yeah. And now having kids and trying to teach them like what's important and I, you know, they, they're not real into music yet. They're pretty young still, mm-hmm. but I'm like, trust me, this is the most important thing to every person on the planet. It's music. It connects everybody. It's a universal language. Yeah. yeah. Even if you don't realize it. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, I, did, I didn't mean to go on a big monologue and shit, but I'm just <laughs> like, that's been on my mind, like real, like hard front and center, like the last five, six, seven years. It's just really been on my mind. And then today it's like, I, it's just been on my mind really hard, you know? Yeah. The thing that, for me, was was tough at the time when we were kind of declining, ten, you know, almost exactly 10 years ago now, was that we were on the back end of a huge hill, you know, of a huge precipice where, where we were at the beginning of our career. So things were feeling really weird. And I think maybe our fan base was at an age, like within an age range where they were old enough that they were moving on to other stuff and we weren't the absolute center of their lives, like... Music, like certain bands are to you when you're a teenager, uh, but they weren't also weren't yet old enough to have nostalgia for our band, and we weren't necessarily like a band that younger kids were discovering secondhand yet. So we were really in kind of a weird spot, and that was really hitting me like, fuck, do we matter? Does what I do matter day to day? But now it feels a lot different, and like you said, in, in moments like these. I realized the same thing. Like, yeah, we're not Van Halen. We're not Van Hagar. We're not, you know, we're not. <laughs> to some fans, we are. But though, that's, you a, that's the yeah, thing, though. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. We, to the people that it matters to most, to them, it matters the most. Yeah. Yep. It's true, man. That's how music is special. Yeah. To everyone in some capacity. There's a, some band that changes everybody's life that mm-hmm. gets you through it, everything. And uh, yeah, it's not always the same band. It's obviously never the same band for everybody, but yeah, I wonder if that's weird. For, I wonder if that's weird for people listening to this that are, you know, maybe fans of the band or whatever. I wonder if that's weird for them to hear us talk about that, like question that, like, damn, does does this really have meaning? Like, does this really like yeah. important what I do? Like, because it's such, it is a selfish pursuit. Like, I'll be completely honest. I put in a hundred hour week sometimes, but it's not real work. I'm not in the fucking coal mines. I yeah. love it. I love making shit. Yeah. I love writing music. It's a selfish pursuit. It feels fucking fantastic. Yeah, but, but we will work harder than 80% of people. Yeah. Half the time because, but we love while we're doing it and it doesn't really feel like work, but yeah, you have to be willing to work your ass off to do what you love Yeah, or else you're not going to be successful. And yeah, it's just, it's, I don't know. That's been weighing on me real hard the last couple of years, not in a bad way, but in, in like a really good way. It's like, there are lots of people out there that will say these words. Story of the Year is my favorite band. We're not going to play this halftime show at a Super Bowl, but like, dude, there's so many people out there that were their favorite band. And like, that's like, I feel like I just won the cosmic lottery to even, even be able to say that, you know? I think we're our, we're my favorite band. What, dude? <laughs> we're for sure my favorite podcast. I just thought about that. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I have a lot of favorite bands out there. I, you know, when you get older, you don't really have like, that's my favorite one. Yeah. They're my number one on MySpace or whatever. Yeah. Top friend. Top eight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, obviously we all love our band or else we wouldn't do it 20 years later. And 
and uh, put so much effort into it. I wondered if I would listen to this podcast. Yeah, like when we were recording, I, I was like, too. I don't think I can listen to it. I, I don't, I just don't think I can. Then I listened to that first one. I was like, this is my favorite podcast in the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I'll, you go, guys I'll are, go running and shit around my neighborhood listening yeah. to my own fucking podcast. Yeah. It's fucking it's so nerdy. I'm like, I already lived it. And then I'm li- literally living the hour from earlier in the week. You again. should be a patron of the podcast. I, I might. I yeah. might do the Until the Day I Die package. Yeah, you could go to sleep. <laughs> you, you, you could go to do a private performance for me or anything. Yeah. Or you could just hand me 25 bucks every month. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I love... This is the... For me, my favorite thing about the podcast is like, you know, Dan's a lead singer, so... Don't fucking forget it. Don't forget lead singer. But Never like, we're, forget. We're usually all up front, you know, like you're kind of stuck behind a drum set. Um... Even when we do press and shit, it usually goes to like Dan or me or whatever. I love that this podcast is like your fucking lane to drive in, dude. <laughs> I love it. Like, th- there's nothing more perfect for you than this podcast. Sweet. You're rolling in your six foot. <laughs> I'm gonna start my own. Get bigger than you guys. <laughs> you could. You can have a spinoff. <laughs> spinoff. A spinoff. Yeah. You'll be like two two seven. Spinoff of whatever uh, that other show was. It's never gonna work without us. Mm. If, if there's a wills, there's a way. <laughs> Hey, I'm Who not said joking. That the other day, when I said somebody posted, or one of our friends like commented that. That's great. Uh, I think it was Stern. <laughs> oh yeah, Aaron Stern. Yeah, uh, used to be good. in drugs with Adam. Yes, best dude. And Matchbook Romance. Yep. Stern needs to be on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. So I can't call, wait. To... So he can call all of us by our last name. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like a fucking football team. Hey, when we when... hey Wills, oh. you for real? I'm being serious. Need to start. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger podcast. <laughs> oh, yes. I'll be a guest on that one because I, I actually know some of that. You and Lambesis, dude. I can't be on your Star Wars podcast because I'm not um, not a dork. <laughs> I'm not a virgin, bro. I'm not a dork, but I fucking love Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> That's magic, bro. It's different. I can't do movies. That's not pussy shit. I can't do... Sorry, Scoobs. Swords. I can't, I can't do mind. shit with like dragons and... Swords and that too. I can't like, either, man. I, Lord of the Rings is all right, but like if there's like dragons and like spells and shit, I'm kind of out. Well, yeah. no, I talk about that every pro- other episode here's the of my problem, podcast. Though, nobody other than Peter Jackson has done it well. Yeah. So because so ninety percent of the shit that you see out there that's like that is yeah. terrible. What's that movie we watched on tour with? Uh, oh, dude, that was so here bad. Go. Here we go. B movies with Ryan and Justin. <laughs> That's your guys' no, side podcast. No, it was like this. Oh, B movie hour. It, it, uh, it had the cat from fucking Goodfellas. What's his name? In the name of the king. Yeah, Ray Liotta. Ray Liotta. Ray Liotta. Ray Liotta. Oh. He's was, like a wizard or it, something. Dude, so dude bad. it was like a medieval movie where Ray Liotta played the lead, but he didn't have like a British accent. <laughs> it was like an American accent. <laughs> but like he, uh, Jason Statham was in it too. Oh, yeah. Garen, we got to go get the fucking thing. Yeah. These fucking so, dragons. Uh, yeah, They're not so, fucking yacht again. So bad. Oh. We watched no. that in Europe, right? You guys yeah. Yeah, you yeah. guys have quite the palate for yeah. great movies. Dude, that, that's why he's my roommate for life. Dude, you stay in a hotel room. You turn on whatever shitty channel and you guys just get, get no, dude, sucked in. This dude, this dude travels like, like you're in Van Halen. He's got everything, dude. All the gadgets. Like, no matter where in the world we are, it's like, oh, let me plug in all my fucking shit to the TV. Hey, what movie you want to watch? Because I bought them all already. <laughs> yeah, it's he's great. got like four hard drives. He hey. opens his backpack and it's like a Best Buy. Just, it's yep. like a blockbuster. The and only that- remaining blockbuster on earth is Josh's basement. <laughs> and then he goes, ah, I should probably get some room service. <laughs> fucking gets a cheeseburger. A $28 yeah. cheeseburger. Yeah. And watches a movie that's not even out in theaters yet. It's the fucking best. God, it's the best. I can't be very goddamn wait to tour again. Yeah. Oh, mm. It's all coming out right now. Sorry. 
It's been hey, a weird day. Hey, fans. I can't, I can't wait till I'm in Japan where I'm in a room by myself, though. <laughs> I'm still coming <laughs> to your room. Remember, hey, that remember, side look over to Ryan is what you guys just didn't see. You remember great. the last, I don't know if it was the last, we've been there 13 times, but I don't know if it was the last time or the time before. Remember we were in Japan and I wrote that fake, uh, that fake note and put it on your. Dude, that was yes. like seven times ago. Oh, what happened? Was it? Yeah, it's been a while, Mr. but Mr. Big I, Beats. <laughs> I wrote a note like I, like it was supposed to be from a fan. Like I, I wrote it left-handed yeah. in like broken English because it was Japan. I was like, Josh, I'm your biggest fan. I'm gonna commit the murder. Like around all this shit, and I slipped it underneath his door. Like, like, I would like, say about Mr. Big Beats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if they said love you, Mr. Big Beats. I was just like crying. I was like trying to make it like sound like someone that doesn't speak like English. A, like, like, yeah. I called like it, he the, didn't know, obviously, who it was from. I yeah. called it the murder. I'm going to commit the, <laughs> the murder. murder the murder to you or we, on you. Or we've been shit. saying that for years yeah, because yeah. you wrote that yeah, that yeah, day. Dude, yeah. you going to commit the murder? And yeah. I, I assume still... Even left-handed, you're still writing in Euro style extended font. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, you yeah, always it do. was the same. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, like I've no, did, I've known you so long and I've seen you write so many things. That I noticed like the pressure point of like the pen, like it's you. Yeah, <laughs> remember we like came to your room and he was just waiting for you to say something you never said anything. You <laughs> yeah. And he's like, get anything weird or anything? No. I remember him being like, "Fuck, he didn't even say anything." Yeah. You acknowledge my joke or fucking what? If you think about it, it's kind of like an intense thing to do to send someone a note that, that you're going to murder you. You're going to get murdered note. tonight. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It didn't even phase this dude. Because <laughs> I knew it was you. <laughs> like, if I would have done that to you, like, or if you would get something like that, it would be like straight fucking panic attack. Like, Colin. I got to go home. <laughs> yeah, I'm going yeah, yeah. home. I don't know. It's great. In I Japan, know. I would have been like, I would have been like honored. Like, oh, I need to, I need to commit seppuku now. <laughs> Let uh, it be. Let uh, it be. I'm I love in. Japan. Oh, uh, honored. If if he dies, he dies. Dude, Ugh. I read a description the other day. I I heard it because I was I was googling to make sure that I was spelling something right to respond in Japanese to a fan. And you got that new Apple update. You got that shit. Obviously, yeah, the translate app. Translate thing is awesome. But uh, I was reading, <laughs> and I saw a word. It was like, uh, it was like a phrase, and it was like something that so and sos say, and it was a word in Japanese that I was like, that sounds like a. Not a real Japanese word, but like like a derogatory thing for someone. And I Googled it. It was like on an Urban Dictionary. And it was a word for like people who are, are way, white people that are way too obsessed with Japan that are actually like fucking embarrassing, you know? And the whole description, I was like, that's me. Oh, that's that's me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I taught my, my seven-year-old son... Um, of course, the only shit we could say in Japanese. I yeah. taught him like all the bad shit. Like I taught yeah. him dick, like chin yeah. chin. Uh, wait, is chin chin like wiener? Yeah, more? It's like pee pee. It's like pee pee. Chinko is dick or yeah. cock. Yeah. Oh. yeah, I taught him that too. So he just runs around Chico the house. And, yeah, he just says all this dumb shit. It's great. <laughs> yeah, when I got the translate app the other day, I updated my phone and I, I immediately did the Japanese one and I said everything that we think is right. And a lot of it was, was like directly right. Oh, like, sweet. Where, can you please tell me where the nearest McDonald's is? <laughs> <laughs> that one was exactly right. Uh, it was like, great. Ichiban Chikai Maku Wadoku Deska. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. What's up? Yeah, world travelers. Yeah. What's up? Hit him with it, Josh. No. Uh, he, he ate a, he ate, never mind. Can I talk about that? <laughs> Josh, ate, Josh ate a gummy, an edible weed gummy. So his suck ones are going to be like, suck one, bro. Yeah, suck one is cool. Feels good to suck one. <laughs> suck one. Hey man, if you suck one, be a lot. I mean, if you don't have to, be it'd be a lot cooler if you did. Uh, uh hey, guess what? Uh, 
Sunday is? Sunday, Sunday. It's, uh, it's three know, two days from it's when this comes out. The fucking Lord's Day. You better get saved, you assholes. I know. I know. Gettikers isn't open. <laughs> That's true. Anyone, not on the Lord's Day. Anyone who's not in St. Louis, there's this furniture a f- appliance store. Right? Gettikers Superstore. The highest technology. Highest technology <laughs> at, at the, the lowest, lowest price. price. Turn, Turn it on. Damn. <laughs> that was like a perfect harmony. Whoa. We heard that our whole fucking lives on the radio and on TV. Uh, it's this like appliance, TV, whatever store. In St. Louis, who has this has these commercials that for for our entire lives at least have been Gettikers every day but Sunday, the Lard's Day. You know what I hate that uh, in honor of the Lard's Day. That Shane Company one where that guy goes, "Our rubies." (laughs) Oh my god! (laughs) Shane Shane Company is regional, right? That's outside of St. Louis. Anybody who else doubt it? We're just killing the St. Louis. We're we're getting new sponsors right now. It's great. (laughs) Anyone else? I don't think they're going to sponsor us anyway. (laughs) Brought to you by Gettikers and Shane Company. Oh, we'll reenact your your commercials and make fun of them on our podcast. If Dude, you give us you, you want if you give us rubies, Bill, <laughs> Bill Burr does it and it works for him. Hey, he tell me all this shit. Tell me if you remember this one. Okay, this is a St. Louis thing. But are anyway. you going to do T.J. Mullen, attorney you, at law? Yeah. Hi, I'm T.J. Mullen, attorney. At law. Hi, I'm T.J. Mullen, attorney at law. I've helped thousands of people just like you. I can stop lawsuits, garnishments, repossessions, and foreclosures by filing a Chapter 13 plan to help you pay your debt. Let the law help. Call my office in Missouri or Illinois for a free brochure on your rights. Call T.J. Mullen, 862-7474. In Illinois, 277-0707. What the fuck? How do you fucking remember that whole thing? There was one summer when I was like... 10 years old where I just stayed inside for some reason and I watched so much TV that I could tell the time of day by what was on TV. You were getting bullied on your block. (laughs) There were no kids on my block. I was just fucking bored and depressed. Uh, It's so weird. Commercials are like not, they're not as much a thing now. No. I mean like you get YouTube ads but you skip it after, you know, five seconds or whatever. Man, that we, we, that shit got drilled in our heads when we were kids because you were trying to watch Headbangers Ball. And you know, at midnight on Saturday, and you're like, "Fuck yeah, Ricky Rackman!" And then uh, you had to see Gettikers and fucking T.J. Mullen. Dude, speaking of Ricky Rackman, I f- feel like I've talked to you about this. He's our next guest. That would be sick. <laughs> there um, he is, everybody. That documentary on Netflix called um, "This Dates Us Anyways." Headbangers Ball is old as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, documentary on Netflix called uh, No, no, it's on HBO called Class Action Park. Have you heard about oh, this? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. About oh, the- yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Act- about the th- the thing that they made the Johnny Knoxville movie, basically yeah. action point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I so, mean that was like a parody of it, but yeah. Go yeah. On, sorry. So Action Park, it was in New Jersey, and it starts with some footage from an episode of Headbangers Ball <laughs> with Allison Chains and Ricky Rackman at the place, and oh, Lane nice. Staley's wearing a speedo, and they're fucking around at this place. But it's this like famous water park, essentially, like mostly a water park that was like notoriously super fucking dangerous. Like, the owner just didn't give a shit. He was, like, a retired stockbroker dude. And he's like, yeah, let's build this thing. Oh, this looks fun. Whatever. And they they abided by no safety rules of any kind. And it was known for, like, oh, don't do the so-and-so slide. You're going to break your arm. And it literally was, you're probably going to break your arm. Like, you're going to fly out of the one turn down, you know, two-thirds of the way down and land on the rocks or whatever. <laughs> it's amazing. Didn't, like, a few people die there? Or they, something crazy. Like a dozen deaths I didn't watch or the actual documentary. Oh, dude, I want to, though. It's so awesome. Like, I don't give a fuck about most, like, just, like, shit that's kind of trending, reality-type shit, whatever. But this documentary is so dope. It's so dope. It's amazing. And the kid, like, kids were literally running it, you know, a few years in. It's like, yeah, you teenagers that are, you know, you're on summer break, whatever. 
cool, you're the manager, you're the assistant manager, <laughs> all kids. <laughs> no one gave a fuck. They would have these crazy parties. Everybody was all on drugs and shit. Well, it's just like all of us being like skateboarder dudes, you know? And, yeah. Uh, you know, young, wild-ass teenagers. Yeah, imagine us out. in 2002 if we would have built a water park. That's yeah. like what this was. We built mini ramps and crazy shit instead. And, yeah. But only got hurt sometimes. Class Action Park is what it's called. Yeah, yeah. Because there What's, were a bunch of Is it on Netflix? Lost. What's it it's on? It's on HBO Max. Tight. It's great. Tight, I remember yeah. that episode of Headbangers Ball when they were at I the do water too. park. Yeah, I do too now that you say that. Dude, you also remember? Again, we're old as fuck, but... Um, do you remember? You remember Nirvana coming on Headbangers Ball for the first time? Yeah, and he wore a ball gown. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he said, I figured I was going to the ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck man, that show that, was great. That in 120 minutes. Oh, 120 Dude, minutes. Dude, yeah, that was came on shit. after every oh, every Saturday. Yeah, right? man. Man, that was like childhood for us. That's how we found so much rock music and that's how I discovered. 120 minutes was more like alternative yeah, music. Quote. It was more like you know uh, a little bit more modern style rock. But Headbangers Ball was obviously more metal. 120 minutes played like Depeche Mode, yeah, and The Cure, and, and stuff and like stuff. that. But, but also they, like and later it got into like more like indie kind of like. Emo shit, even yeah, like yeah, kind of yeah. you know, like like early er, emo stuff. Yeah, like the earliest alternative stuff kind of debuted there. You know what I mean? I remember mm -hmm. hearing yeah. like, dude, yeah. Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah, exactly. uh, yeah. Chair Brock was the first time I saw yeah, that yeah. video. Yeah. Was on 120 minutes. Like we had like tapes oh. and tapes of that at the house. Oh, like, do you really just record it? I, we uh, used to don't have any more. The VCR and just be like, <laughs> yeah. fuck yeah, this yep. is gonna be good. Oh yeah, yeah. That and then like late night Cinemax get make like a little Skinemax. Yeah, dude, yeah. I used to make boob tapes. USA up all night. Jared and I yeah, would make our that. own like boob reels, boob tapes. Yeah, it was awesome, <laughs> dude. I remember. And then we'd watch like we, one of us would be like, oh man, I gotta go to the bathroom. <laughs> I'll be back. You know, I gotta poop. It's gonna take a long time. <laughs> yeah. you were watching. You were watching. Then you come Emmanuel. back all sweaty. It's like man, that, was, that took a long time to go poop. I got hot. You watching cops in there? Or? <laughs> Uh, well, did you guys say uh, you guys just watched a new Bad Boys movie? Should I not watch I it? I haven't seen it. You should watch it just because. I'm yeah, gonna watch, watch it just it. because. But I haven't seen it. Oh man! Don't what? ruin the plot, man. It's, it's not the one <laughs> for people listening. Are, are, they, are, they, are they cops to get into some trouble and then get out of it at the end? Uh, yeah, 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 imagine yep. that. There's big slow motion shots, <laughs> uh -huh. especially explosions. Like Did Michael Bay do it? Gunfire. He executive produced it. Uh. No, but whoever whoever directed it went to Michael Bay's film school. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but for, he for, failed out. For people yeah. listening, we have like an irrational obsession with Bad Boys One and Two. Yeah, Two especially. Yeah, we like have an obsession with Bad Boys Two. Two came out like while we were on the road, I think, right? Yeah. Or it was like early two thousands. Yeah, so that know. shit was on in the bus a like, lot. We yeah. were fucking. That, we've seen it thousands of times. No joke. Think about that. Our band loves Bad Boys. <laughs> <laughs> our, our band it's loves so a movie good. about shitty asshole cops. Yeah, it's the past, dude. Yeah. I fucking love it, dude. There's I didn't think about that nowadays. That's it's such a weird concept. Yeah, yeah. like. I that, that's one of those ones that I quote and nobody else knows it. Oh, dude, all the time. Same. Most people don't know that. Yeah, like I'll hear we somebody. We do. Uh, somebody said something the other day, and I said, "Did you just call me a tick?" <laughs> <laughs> There's one dude I work with that fully gets bad boys, and he and I quote the shit to each other all the time. Everyone else just looks at us like, "What the fuck are you guys talking about?" They fuck like we do. <laughs> the oh. weirdest thing is, we went to high school with a kid named Mike Mike Lowry. Oh, that's right. Like you I did? still yeah. see him sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. Mike Lowry. Yeah. King Dingling. So when the first Bad Boys came out like in high school for us, I was always confused. I was like, who the, what was everybody always talking about Mike Lowry for? Yeah. yeah. Like he's just that guy over there. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's the character in the movie. So I didn't see it until a little later, the first one. Great shit. Yeah. Yeah. 
anyway, what I said was, oh, guess sorry. what Sunday is? Oh, and we start yeah, talking yeah, about yeah, Gettikers. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> wow, that was like a 10-minute Jesus. turn off. I really <laughs> tried to get in gear here. What's Sunday? <laughs> Sunday is the 15th anniversary of In the Wake of Determination. Holy shit, really? Yes. Oh, yeah. October 11th. I didn't I think know that. I think that's on Sunday. Damn. Yep. Let me let me look let me look at the dates. Is it on the large day? Damn. Man, 15. you know, we planned that out. That's crazy. Yep, Sunday. 15 What's years. Date? What's the date? October 11th. Whoa. So, it's we a figured month. We figured that tonight we would kind of we've been kind of saving in the wake stories for for this week. I didn't know it was the anniversary. Did I miss a text or some shit? No. Uh. Yo, next week we nah. need to get producer Steve Evitz on the podcast. I'm going to text him right I now. I fucking texted him two I, days ago and I'm he didn't a, reply to me. I'm hey, calling Steve. Me names. Come on, Steve. We were going to get him on tonight, but I guess he doesn't love us anymore. I'm going to text Alan Hessler and get. We should. I just Alan did a. On too. I just did an interview yesterday about this album. For real? That's probably why. They're yeah. probably all stoked about it. Yeah. But anyway, that's uh, our second record. In the wake of determination, came out in 2005, and. Uh, Quite quite the journey. We had to follow up selling close to a million records on our first record. So we were like, what the fuck do we do now? Mm-hmm. We didn't really think about it too much. We just said, Lauren, do what we want, as we've already explained to everybody. What, what do we do? Yeah. The total opposite. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But we definitely purposely were like, fuck it. Let's write a heavy ass record. Let's be badass. As badass as we can be. You yeah. Know? As indicated <clears throat> most clearly by the name of our first single. Yep. We, we don't, don't care anymore. Care anymore. <laughs> yeah. No, we we probably talked about not this my in- favorite lyrical moment on the record, but <laughs> yeah, we, catchy uh, as hell. There are some fucking awesome songs on the record, though. We've been, been, we've been going through it now, getting ready for these live streams, and a lot of the songs we haven't played in ten, fifteen years or ever. Uh, so it's been really cool to revisit it. Yeah, uh, we probably touched on this on some other podcast, but um, I was talking about this in an interview the other day. Like, you really do. It's the old. Um, cliche like you have your whole life to write your first record and you have two months to write your second and um it's really weird to think about that like after what happened to us like how page avenue just turned our lives fucking upside down we're we're, we're, fresh prince yeah you started singing that last time i said this uh i put it it was in the description of the first one oh something okay either way yeah and then like it's kind of weird how that happened to us and it's like all right well we did the polished you know, kind of more poppier version of story of the year. And it's funny how we just said, all right, let's flip that on its head. Now let's do the raw, just uh heavy, no rules kind of story of the year. I don't know. I, like I respect the shit out of us for that. That's it's a bold cool. move. Think it, about, we were cool really, we, some of us not, not, I mean, we all kind of were like, Oh fuck, did we make the wrong decision for a lot of years? Cause it obviously didn't sell as well, but but it was the right move. I, I think we all still agree that it was probably the right move for our band. We probably would not have survived another 10 to 15 years if we wouldn't have made that move. Yeah. Integrity for our own integrity. And yeah. Such, yeah. You know. uh, I'm proud of us because like, yeah, to a certain degree, we lacked a little bit of like self-awareness and uh, you don't say. Yeah. But still like, I'm we proud were of- fucking 24 year old kids. What the- yeah, That's yeah, how, yeah, smart, yeah. how smart could we have been? You yeah. Know? But right. I'm proud of us because dude, think about, Knowing what we know now, what a fuck into our management and record label and everyone down the list to their credit. What a bold move coming off Page Avenue. Yeah. You know how easy it would have been just to like fucking rinse, repeat and just do Page Avenue yeah. part two. Everybody Page wanted part us three. to go back to Feldman and do the same record again. And, and we're like, no, nothing, we, nothing against Feldman because that would have been a great fucking thing to do. And we probably should have. <laughs> but 
Uh, but instead, but, we went the fucking. We came out with. We had a lot to prove, and we were like, we're going to do something completely different. And it wasn't anything against Feldman. It was just we don't want to do that again. We have to do something different. Yeah, yeah, and do for our own sanity. And we did. Bold move, Cotton. Yeah. Let's see if it plays out for him. Yeah. No, I just I'm proud of us. I I I carry a sense of pride with that of just how bold that really is to do, especially, you know, lightning hit us, dude. That doesn't really happen to 99 percent of bands, and yeah. we we got struck by some except for that guy in the great outdoors. Serious lightning. Sixty-six times. What we did do though, which which I think contrasts to some other bands that we were. That were in similar situations. Gonna, gonna shove it in my face. You got all the all the peanut butter chocolate milk stout over there from Four Hands. Are you enjoying your I'm treat? Kidding, I'm kidding. Good. Uh, thanks. Thanks to uh, Four Hands. Shout out to them for giving us beer. Shout out to Four Hands for the free beer and their future sponsorship with this podcast. Yeah, maybe maybe someday you can get into the podcast business. <laughs> Yo, before you go finish, on, that, go on. Sorry. Wait, before you I finish, you I feel bad because last week I said something about Nudo doesn't sponsor us because they didn't bring us food last week. <laughs> <laughs> and as soon as I Ladley got you, as soon as did he? How did he yeah. get me? He, he, he posted something on uh, his Instagram stories. He said, dude, if you just want food, ask. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, he, he told me tonight he would he was going to uh, hook us up as well. But well, uh, I, nothing I, to do with that. But yeah, you did say that. I did, it but, sounded mean, but it wasn't. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was just saying like that he's like the best dude ever. Yeah. And I don't know. No, he said he's, he's at work right now currently. He's like, if you want to come pick it up tonight, you can. And I was like, nah, we're good. Like, we'll, so again, we'll wait. We'll wait. Also, this podcast brought to you, <laughs> brought, brought to you by Nudo House. Get a Kershane Company Noodle House, four hands, and uh, the zoo. <laughs> and and the science center. Yeah, the science center. Yeah. Carry on with whatever yeah, you're sorry, saying. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I don't, uh, I don't know if you remember. I don't remember what the fuck you were saying. Oh, yeah. There's some other bands. I mean, this it's a thing. You know, you come out like mainstream, especially, and like the so- the whole sophomore slump thing isn't isn't just, oh, can we repeat the success of the first one? It's always like, oh, who are we? And how do we reinvent ourselves? Or how do we live up to that in a way that we feel we're doing with integrity and all that kind of shit. There were other bands that, and like we talk about this offline, I'm not going to say it here, but like where I felt like they were very influenced by the bands of the the time in the moment, like, Oh, we're not as cool as that band. So we need to be weirder, less mainstream. We need to do some other shit. Or like, like us. Yeah. Well, but dude, we, we went back to our like early influences Instead yeah, that's of true. that's true, we weren't mean, trying to be like anybody in the scene at all. Yeah, yeah. like at the most, Glassjaw. But really, yeah. It was but on like, that record, not really. No, that was more page. No, that was what I'm like, yeah. that's like yeah. I don't it was even know like, what the fuck we were. So you, you and me, I'm, it was I'm, like Pantera. Obviously, Pantera meets like '90s. Pantera was hitting the uh, you know the guitar side for sure. Yeah, I was trying to do like more of a hardcore vibe. I wanted all gang vocals everywhere. That's well, you just... and I, I remember over and over we would reference H2O and Propagandi. Yeah. All day long writing either, lyrics. Yeah, I was just, because that's all I would, I wanted to listen to at that point because we had heard everything for three years of touring Yeah, in our scene and I was like, nope, don't need to do that anymore. And Phil was super into Silverchair at the moment in that Diorama album, so he wanted to do all kinds of weird shit, but we were so into metal we were like... <laughs> No, you can't do anything because we want to only do metal. <laughs> we did have the one song. You can't write lyrics with us. We, we had the one song that he wrote on that, but it didn't make the record. Yeah. And you it know, was literally it was called the, Sneed Loves the Silver Chair. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know what is cool though? Like with Feldman, the first record, like I feel like I learned this just massive lesson from Feldman about like <clears throat> fuck what's flashy, 
fuck guitar riffs just to like try to show off. It's got to serve the song. Like everything you do has got to serve a song. And like for me, um, you know, writing the guitar stuff or in the wake, uh, I do feel like I did a, I, I, I like that. Like I, it all still serves the songs. You know what I'm saying? It's not like, Hey, check me out. Like, yeah, it's I very still, riffy, but it's riffy, it's but song it's oriented for sure. Yeah. yeah. It's riffy, but it still serves the song. And it's still like, you can sing all the guitar solos instead of just like, uh, I've been practicing, guys. I've been practicing a whole lot. <laughs> yeah. Just watch how fast I can play. I actually kind of did the opposite. Yeah, like, you didn't I, solo a lot. No, I was like... You just wanted the riffs to be cool. I just... Feldman like, just changed my whole perception of how guitars fit into songwriting. Like, yeah. you know, because I could easily have been in those dudes that just like sits in a room and just makes riffs all day and shit, but like songs are way fucking cooler. Like, so it's all about the song, you but know? a good song with a great riff is even yeah, better, yeah. you know? But especially if the riff, like... It just makes you move your head and you makes your body move instead of yeah. like I, I could just do like the most complex stupid shit and it's not gonna make your body move it's not gonna make you drive in your car roll down the windows and go woo it's you not know? gonna make you horned up you know horned up yeah so for me that's like the for me like the um the pride I kind of feel with like my contribution to In the Wake is uh the guitar stuff I f still feel like serves the songs and it's not like over the top you know it's, it's, it's pretty it's dialed fucking, back actually I remember specifically talking about a riff being a hook, you know, same kind of thing. How you and I were always talking about how it would be so sick if we had a song where the chorus, the hook was just the riff. Mm -hmm. And the reference was always like Sweet Home Alabama, I'm Broken, <laughs> yeah. all that stuff. Like, yeah, you remember the vocal, but it's no less memorable. No, There's no like fewer number of people that go, bam, 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 bam. Yep. Like, you know that just as well. And our time is now was like the song on the album that was mm -hmm. like that. Like, yes, you remember Dan yelling our time is now, but you remember that riff. And that was like, that was obviously an unbroken. Yeah. You know, oh, straight yeah, up. Yeah. yeah. We wrote uh, it. I a mean, tribute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like a remix. <laughs> yeah. Like, but uh, our and, friend Jason Aguirre made a video. I don't know which way. I think it's uh, the unbroken video with our song on it. It's basically the same tempo and everything. Yeah. Like it's really close. Not, you know, it doesn't matter. We, we purposely thought that was awesome, but and it just fits so well. It's really funny. Yeah. Obviously, it doesn't sound like Pantera. No, all the it way sounds because like I don't sing like Phil Anselmo at all. I wish I could. Yeah, I tried. But it, I tried really hard. Every once but in a while. it is a direct Pantera influenced yeah. guitar riff. It's just for a big sure. riff, and then uh, yeah. well, I mean, that goes a little more punk rock in the verses and stuff. But that was what was cool. We like really fused all of our different influences. Like yeah, it went yeah. from full swampy Texas riff shit to like full blown punk. That's why I put that um, for guitar nerds. That's why I mixed that fifth on, on that riff to make it sound less Pantera-ish. It's like make it sound more like Rage Against Machine or just yeah, yeah, something. And that, but I remember that's that's why I did that. It's just like this sounds too much like Pantera. I gotta and make now, it different. I don't think it sounds like Pantera really at all. But at the time, I was like, this is a fucking Pantera riff. <laughs> like, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but then it gets all double time and all like uplifting and like I don't know. That's that we were using. Every band uses their influences. Oh, and, yeah. and rips off to a certain degree. Mm -hmm. That's how you create new things is, you know, take the things that you love and turn them into something new. And, and even the bands that we the, were doing. the biggest bands on the planet, it doesn't matter who it is. It's people at the top selling out arenas. You ask who, like they have heroes too. Yeah. Like they yeah, have influences. They have idols and people they, you know, shape usually, their... Usually it's old enough to where you don't recognize their yeah. influences. So yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like, dude, it's like, you know okay. Because like, like we're talking about, Headbangers Ball and shit, that's the shit that made us love what we did, but had nothing to do with the emo, screamo scene that we mm -hmm. were part of. 
but the things that we really were influenced by had nothing to do with our scene, you know? Mm-hmm. It's a, but that's why we have a different brand of what we do than maybe the used or taking back Sunday or whoever else. For sure. Uh, we started this podcast talking about uh, Van Halen. It's like, you know, being a, a, a child of like the nineties and shit and like falling in love with rage against the machine. Like I, I went backwards, you know, like I, I didn't grow up listening to like, you know, seventies rock and shit. Like I wasn't alive yet, you know? So like yeah. you listen to rage against the machine and you like figure out all these guitar riffs. And then all of a sudden you go, you work backwards from there and you're like, Oh shit. Tom Morello is just like love black Sabbath and Zeppelin, you know? Yeah. And then you listen to Black Sabbath and Zeppelin, and you're like, oh shit, those dudes were all about blues players, you know? Yeah. Like, yep. and then you listen to that shit, and it's like, I don't know, you can just keep going back, you know? But like, I don't know. I, I discovered Eddie Van Halen and Sabbath and Zeppelin and yada yada, all that shit because of the people that were influenced by them, you know? Yep. It's crazy. That, that to me is like so much cooler. I think a lot of people don't do that little bit of homework and just are influenced by what's happening right now. But that little bit of extra, like, context or backstory is so informative. I keep actually making, like, the reverse analogy on the Star Wars podcast talking about how Jon Favreau, to get ready to do, to start writing and then producing um, The Mandalorian, instead of watching Star Wars, went back and watched all the shit that Lucas was influenced by. Mm -hmm. And I have actually made the analogy on the podcast that it's like, instead of trying to sound like Deftones, you go... Listen to Bad Brains. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Don't listen to your favorite band. Listen to their favorite band. Exactly. Yep. Understand. Get deep, man. That's why we have been successful, I believe, because we always cared about everything in the world of music. I love, our, while we're on our time is not too, I love um, that that era of time. Like, I feel like a lot of those were like those uplifting, like kind of hardcore lyrics, you know, like we can get like our time is now is just about like fucking rising up making shit happen you know yep. um that's straight h2o influence yeah that's what i'm saying like it's like they're like hardcore they're like positive pma hardcore lyrics and shit yep. i just like i think that's really cool there's some stuff on that record i like tried that, to recreate you know? that on later songs later but yeah something about that one just worked yeah, yeah. then to take me back where you're uh screaming take me back still live is one of my favorite things we play ever just that riff do 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 while you're screaming take me back it's like that's like a genuine a genuine moment every night, you know? Yep. Yeah. I love that song more now. Yeah. Cause good. we're older now. So, you know, I don't know what I was trying to go back to at 24 <laughs> or whatever, but now I sing it and I'm like, fuck yeah. I didn't want to go back to just remembering when I wrote this song. It's fucking crazy. I was thinking about that the other day and it does have new meaning years later. Yeah. But I remember on page Avenue, the song page Avenue, the lyrics in general of that song make it seem like, what we're doing in that moment isn't good enough. And we want, you know, we wanted something prior. And I remember Feldman kind of questioning that, like, dude, what's better than fucking your band getting signed? Yeah. 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 (laughs) The chorus is I had something better. Yeah. Really? But, (laughs) but, but I'd love those lyrics. The verse lyrics are really cool, but then it says waiting ahead. So really you're saying I have something better ahead of me. is what the lyric is technically saying. Yeah. You're saying like, you love the memories you have. And that was basically about, you know, growing up in St. Louis and all of our friends because we'd moved away and we lived in California at the time. So yeah, it was just about the cool friends that we had and the times we'd had. We had something better waiting ahead. Exactly. It's looking forward yes. back then. So yeah, it was just a good balance of like, I love what I have. Can't wait for this new chapter of it. Yeah, exactly. It's like a reflection on the innocence of like... Different record, not on In the Wake, but same, 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 fine. S- same kind of vibe. Like you, it's almost counterintuitive, but thinking about a time when 
you had the luxury of thinking about nothing but what's ahead instead of like, oh, I have all this shit right now. You know what I mean? And like what that affords you opportunity wise, what that motivates you to do. And I think that's still relevant. And it just, it takes a little bit of like shift of perspective to realize what Mm -hmm. that's actually saying. And in doing that, you realize how fucking actually deep it is. We just, we were like struggling to articulate that as people. And we in turn made these awesome songs out of it. Yep. And with Paige, oh, good. Uh, take me back. It's not necessarily like take me back. It's not like make America great again kind of fucking <laughs> lyric, you know. Uh, it was just yo. If you think if you wear one of those fucking hats and you think that song's about that, fuck you. Get get a whoa. get a hat. Whoa. whoa, wow, whoa. Get a hat that's red that says take me back on it and wear it to our shows, please. <laughs> that escalated um, quickly. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's been a quite a week. Uh, I was gonna say I'm it, drinking directly from a huge bottle of whiskey. He's got a Canadian Kirkland Canadian whiskey. Uh, it, it was more us realizing. Uh, it was us accepting like all of the the world around us and realizing that we had to deal with a lot of shit that we didn't necessarily want to be dealing with. It's more like take me back to the time where I didn't have to think about this shit. Where, just where, rode I, was, where I was a stupid little kid. Yeah. I just rode skateboards and drank one liter Dr. Pepper. Ignorance is bliss kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Instead of living up to your first album, it's just like, hey, let's just make music. Yeah. Page Avenue. I, I actually love that album now more than ever. And it's super dope. And I, and I love it. Um, Page Avenue or In the Wake? Page Avenue. I, I actually like... Probably all of them. I, I, I love it more now than we recorded it, which is crazy. But what I love about In the Wake, like where where Page Avenue was very like um, super, super polished and it was just like crisp, perfect takes. We go till shit's perfect. I love how In the Wake, like recording drums in Chicago... Mm-hmm. Do you guys remember that? We spent a week in Chicago set up. I mean, we didn't do the, any of this shit with Page Avenue, but with In the Wake, we set up all of our gear in the live room, recorded everything live. In the uh, Is this... When, to, so people know what that means, though. Josh was playing, like, on Page Avenue, Josh played drums to... Ryan would record a just, just a basic guitar, and Josh would play to that on his own, him and Feldman in the room. In the Wake, we were playing in the room together, Josh's drum tracks were going down as the new master, but, um, you know, what we were recording wasn't, but the big difference was that we were in the room with him while he was tracking. Yeah. Like, go ahead. Like, like jamming with him. And you were like his hype man. Yeah. I I wasn't, I don't even think I sang most of the time, but I was just dancing. Uh, Steve Evitz would stand right in front of you Yeah, and like, kind of like with the click trap, keep tempo and like tell you where you were going. I just remember him like orchestrating you, like standing right in front of you, like, yeah, go, no, here, hit that. Hit that fucking symbol, and he was just pointing. It was really awesome. Anyway, go on. Go on. Sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just specifically, is this my fate? He asked them. You're we're, there's like this energy. All the lights are off. We're fucking covered in sweat. All this energy's in the room. You're playing for at the end of it. You're like stabbing your drum heads. There's fucking blood everywhere. That's the take that's on the record. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. If you like, listen really, really loud, you can hear him stab his drum heads at the end of the yeah take, at like, the end of the song. To me, that's the beauty of in the wake. It's kind of like. In that regard, it's kind of like anti-Page Avenue. It's kind of the inverse of Page Avenue mm-hmm. in that regard. Yeah. Which, uh, I like. Oh my God, it's awesome to experience both sides of it. You know, because we've done, we've done both sides. It's been it. a balance since. Yeah, then. It's, it's fucking but we great had to do both extremes. But first. I'm yeah. glad we did in the wake. I'm glad we got to experience that. Like just almost like Ross Robinson style. Actually, Steve. Yeah, he, was an engineer he, for Ross yeah, Robinson. He worked you know? on a lot of those early Ross. Yeah, records. so just like being, you know, just. Coming from the hotel, getting getting to the studio, 
doing everything fucking live and just like getting our drum tracks like that and building the record off those drum tracks that were recorded live with actual people actually playing and yeah dude that's that's the shit i would love to do another record like that one day you know nope. yeah the record <laughs> josh has no <laughs> the record i hated is- it. I, I didn't like it Oh, Damn. I fucking loved it. I didn't. I didn't like. Hey, Josh is still here, guys. <laughs> I, I, what What didn't you like about it? just literally. everyone staring at you? Well, yeah, because like, <clears throat> even though you were there for my drum tracks, if I would get because it wasn't just we were all playing together. It was many takes all the way through. Yeah, like it was no stopping. So mm-hmm. like, if we would get three quarters of the way through the song. And I'd drop a stick or fuck something up and be like, fuck. Yeah, we were dead set yeah. on you playing the whole fucking song. Yeah. 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 That was stupid. I, so that's so nice. it wasn't that's us in the room that fucked you up? It was... No. Okay. That, that didn't you didn't have as much like creative in the moment. Yeah. No, it was like... Option. Yeah, we did it all. We did pre-production. We, we listened to all the pre-production stuff. Oh, we rehearsed that. Yeah. yeah. We, did, we did pre-production for like yeah, weeks. Yeah. Where so, we made sure you could play every note and then we did yeah. it pretty much so live. It, it, pa- Paige Avenue rules it's super polished, but I was just like, this is the opposite of that. And no, that's what, that, I'm so no, glad we did that. Yeah, you know? it's, it's whatever. It was yeah. just, it was I don't ever want to record like drums like that again. It was excessive. We didn't need to do it to that extreme, but we thought that we did at the time. Yeah. Well, and also, the vibe. do you guys remember? Yeah. The vibe was cool. The vibe was, and to, magical to me, thing happens, like we just said. Yeah, you know? like, I'll always remember that. Like, I have pictures on my old-ass Mac in my iPhoto, like, of just, like, your drum heads covered in blood and just, like, your... St- I have, like, photos of all that shit. Yeah, I uh, just found a bunch of pictures from the studio there. We should put that uh, shit on yeah, Patreon. For patrons. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll put them up. Um, we did that on the Black Swan, the constant... Or maybe it was just the Black Swan. Or maybe both, where we kind of played with you while you recorded drum tracks. Nope. We didn't? No, we did... We did pre-pro that way. We did a bunch of pre-pro Oh, pre-pro, okay. Way. So, it, yeah. you're right. I'm stupid, sorry. So, like, on the Black Swan... The Welcome to Our New War drum track is the pre-pro drum track. Yeah, okay. Yo, also, um, on the constant, uh, what's the shit, with the bookworms at the end? Uh, (laughs) The fast one. The virus? No, the punk one uh, on the constant. Um, Truth to I, I, I. Hold it down for the PA. I for an eye. I for an eye. Yeah. I was going to say, I have We tracked that one like that. (laughs) No click. Yeah, it was no click. You just did it live. Mm, Yeah. 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 So we, we did try to bring back that vibe in some way but what uh, so here's the question if you didn't have to play everything front to back if you could still do that in the moment creative stuff and we could be in the room and dan could be your hype man or just dan is your hype man even without us i'm always his hype man would that Mm. still be would that help the vibe ever can you see that no i don't ever want to go back I, so I you would, love isolation, like you said in episode two <laughs> of this podcast. E- don't ever take him back. I think if you if we were recording like straight Ross Robinson, like nineteen ninety nine style, like off a click, that would be that would be an ordeal. But I think that would be fucking awesome to do one day. Just a record completely off the click, just like I have zero desire to do anything <laughs> like that. Oh, dude, that'd be awesome. Just like an EP, I, just I a fucking gross EP. I don't like when anyone else is there when I track drums. <laughs> It's just funny because we're always there watching. But like, that, I mean, that's what it does. It. it feels like. It, no, I I got you. It's like you're so like say there's like a part that like I keep having to redo because I'm working through it or whatever. I just feel like everybody's in the other room going, "Oh my fucking god, just get it done." We are kind yeah. of doing that, and yeah. I hate. I'm just joking. I hate that. Like every band does that. Yeah. yeah. Now that I record bands, yeah, I get that. Yeah. No, we were it's into not, it. It's and, not. I'm always like the rest of the band should just not be here. 
ever. At the time, let me though, just, let me just get this track with the drummer or the singer or whatever. Yeah. yeah, especially the kind of band we were that always wanted to be there all the time. I would like even like my fingers were hurting. I was tired, but I I didn't care. I was like, this is fucking sick. Like we're here, we're doing this thing live for real. So I was always like, fuck it, let's do it again. But I, 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 I do like these days. Like Wolves was out of all of our records, the most uh, personally satisfying record we've ever done. And I did everything by myself, hundred percent. Like, and I, and I, I, I want to do every record like that, except for our live VP that I'm going to talk you into doing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we can do an EP I, like I that. love That's to record fun. by myself. I love it, dude. Yeah, there's something about just uh, locking yourself away, not having to worry about anybody. I get all hippy dippy, dude. I light candles, turn yeah. lights down. I much prefer to do vocals that way as well. If I was a singer, I would never ever have anyone. Yeah. The theme of this podcast episode is contradictions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I wanna, love this, but no, I love fuck that. I love doing in the wake. I'm glad we got to do that. I want to do an off click raw EP, but. We're anything about 15 years in between, too. Anything it other than that, I love recording by myself. So I don't think it's a contradiction. Maybe it is, but it's just like, I like experiencing a lot of shit. On that record, we yeah. didn't have the option of recording ourselves and just sending it. And yeah, we yeah, weren't yeah, that yeah. good at it. We didn't yeah. know what the fuck we were doing. Uh, we didn't even explain this. Uh, we did the record with Steve Evitz, uh, who's awesome. We've talked about the records he has done that were big influences on us. But we, we basically built a studio in Ryan's basement. For, yeah. to do the record because we did it all at Ryan's house other than the drums we did in Chicago. But So instead of taking a bunch of money, essentially, we put that money into building a rehearsal space slash studio in Ryan's yeah, basement. like a full-on soundproof uh, rehearsal space. That, and then we had a control room on the other side, which is still in your basement. But mm -hmm. So we spent like a shitload of money just to so we didn't have to leave St. Louis because we'd been on tour for years and we were like... I don't want to go anywhere else. <laughs> so Steve like literally shipped all his gear to yeah. St. Louis and we did it in a basement. And he St. stayed in a hotel or what was yeah. it? He stayed yeah. in a hotel for yeah. like eight like weeks or like whatever. Extended stay thing. And yeah. fun yeah. fact, you know who built this, the room and all that stuff? We, you and I built a control room, but Josh's dad built the, uh, finished my basement and built the, the yeah. live room. And it was definitely not, it still isn't soundproof because he <laughs> hooked it up to the air conditioner, like to the yeah. rest of the AC. Or whatever. So it just comes through the vents everywhere. The yeah. 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 So it's so. I remember we had to like clog them up after we, a while. Yeah. I stuck beach towels and yeah. fucking <laughs> shoes and shit up there. Um, didn't we? But yeah. Didn't we build some weird shit where we put. We disconnected it from the rest, the central air and heat from the house. And we built like this. We built this box and, a, and, and built like a, a two way. Like a normal box fan or some shit, right? Yeah. But we built like a two way. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a return ventilation, like a yeah. ventilation system. We had we bought a blower that blew air into the room, and then a sucker that sucked air out of it. <laughs> and like we had this whole contraption that's been in my basement until like maybe last year. I finally cut it all down and like threw it all away and shit. But uh, yeah, so like remember Jamie Ferguson lived there, yeah. and my wife is, there, and we'd be recording guitars till like four in the morning, and it was just like right below her, her room, <laughs> right above the vent. And it's like. It's it was so fucking loud. Like it really wasn't soundproof. But <laughs> dude, what's what's funny is like we thought like we 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 knew so little, like many things, at that time. Like yeah, Josh's dad was like a a seasoned contractor who knew how to build all kinds of stuff and whatever, but didn't necessarily have like any expertise in like the physics yeah. of soundproofing. And with like a like a three minute Google right now, you can figure out all yeah. the things that yeah, were yeah. completely <laughs> fucked up yeah, yeah. in that process. You know what else was awesome about your dad? You remember 
not just that record, but probably like all of our records. Yeah, that Will's dick. When we rehearsed at our house, he would just show up randomly. Yeah. Uh, he would just come in and be like, hey, what's up, guys? What are you guys doing today? He would just he would just walk in and just hang out, watch us practice, just hang out with us. <laughs> yeah. Over the years, Josh he's... didn't like that after a while. No, he did not like that. He he came over a couple times, like when I was like, just up, at home. Jim? You know, what up, Jim? Yeah, and he would just like walk in. Yeah, he would. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> hey, let's just take this moment to point out how, like, the contrast between the way Josh feels when his dad would walk in yeah. and the rest of us. Yeah, yeah. Like we'd be like, oh, hey, man, what's going on? Josh would be like, God. Damn it, Dad! <laughs> Can't uh, come to band practice. What the fuck, are you here? <laughs> we, hey, then we'd play St. Louis shows, and and he would be like on stage, like on your, le- uh, on your amp. leaning on my amp like this, like listening. He's like, and after the show, he'd be like, "I heard a I heard a couple good blues licks mixed in with that music you do." Like, All right. Yeah, Dude, he would lean against my bass cab and just stare me right in the eyes yeah, when yeah. I come back to tune my yeah. bass. Yeah. Yo. Josh's dad is a guitar player. Yeah. 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 He's a good ass guitar player. He's a rocker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Looks like Tom Petty. Yep. Yo, this is really excessive, but it I just like, want it looks like Tom Petty or the general from Fifth Element. <laughs> Pick one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he, he does. Either one. He does. Oh fuck, he sure, certainly does. Yeah. Uh yo, this is excessive. I went in that other room to get this book. I don't know why you just went and got a book. I bought this to learn how to wire the control room in your house. Oh nice. Ooh. From the fucking hardware store. Yeah. Based on the two thousand two National Electronic Code. Or sorry, <laughs> electrical code. Wiring Simplified, 40th yeah. edition. Yep. We literally looked at these like diagrams yeah, yeah. in this book to wire the shit right. I still have my big-ass Home Depot book. Jim, I, I still read. have that. Yeah. Because Jim Wills was like, yo, I ran a circuit for this room. I'm done. <laughs> and we were yeah. like, okay, I figured out. So we yeah. we wired, literally wired your house, did our own yep. electrical for the control room of that studio. We built the entire control room. Like I remember talking to Steve. I was like... You know, we have a rehearsal room. You know, we'll put you in the other room and uh, whatever version of like uh, FaceTime we used, like whatever. Just yeah, yeah. I don't know, whatever. And I, you know, I kind of explained to him on the phone that it was he'd kind of be in the laundry room, you know. <laughs> yeah. And he showed up and he was so pumped. He's yeah. like, "Holy!" Because we went out, we went to Guitar Center and spent like thousands of dollars on actual like studio foam. Yeah. yeah. We built a legit control room. Like we didn't want to paint it, so you remember we just hung posters on every square inch of the wall, like some 15 year old kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like there's, it's all still down there still. Every, so, it, yo, everything. Is that, the, is that the shit Ravenscraft? Is that from his poster stash? Okay. Yeah. So one of my best friends that like the friend that I met on day one of high school, basically, who was like, Hey man, you like Metallica? Yeah. I like Metallica. Cool. We're friends. That dude, he, he brought this giant stash of posters cause he was like a hoarder for metal posters and stuff. And we covered the walls in that shit. Yeah, Steve was like almost there. We didn't have time to like tape mud paint like to finish it all. So instead of finishing it, we just covered every square inch of the room in posters and in soundproofing. But and hung up Christmas lights, made this cool vibe, put a pergo floor in it, and he showed up and he was so pumped. He was like, "This is amazing," you know. DIY as fuck. Still yeah. like it. That room's the exact same. Still got the pergo. The only it's just storage room now, you know. But Dude, it's the exact same thing. Talking about being proud of what we did that to me is like huge you know we had a gold record at that point mm-hmm. on our way to platinum even though the remaining that stalled out the remaining few took us 17 years to hit but yeah, like yeah. we're platinum as fuck now we she. we said like fuck it we're gonna stay punk rock we're gonna stay like skateboarder culture and build our own shit yeah whether we, that's posters on the walls or like get a book from fucking home depot to build a room we said fuck it we're gonna do that yeah we had a damn near platinum record two top Almost top 10 
nationwide radio hits, huge tours. And it's like, no, we're going to hire the dude that did Snapcase and we're going to do it in Ryan's basement next to the laundry machine. <laughs> yeah. You know, in St. Louis, because we don't want to travel right now. We just want to fucking kick it. And Maverick said, okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And it should be, it should be mentioned that when the record was finished, they were thoroughly convinced. I feel comfortable saying this. It's been like 15 fucking years. Yeah. Guy O'Siri. Who was our A&R dude. Our A&R guy. Kind of the big wig up there at Maverick. Like I remember t- having a conference call with him and Reese and Guy O'Siri. You know, like, okay, we don't care anymore. Like there's been two songs in the last decade. He brought up Lim- uh, Nookie by Limp Biscuit and Last Resort by Papa Roach. And he's like, those are... The biggest, two biggest songs of the last 10 years, and We Don't Care More is going to be the third biggest song of this entire decade. You're going to sell millions of albums. You're going to have a mansion, blah, blah, all this stuff. <laughs> and Reese would interject in his way, and he'd be like, if, if this record doesn't go platinum in like a matter of weeks, like everyone should be fired. So yeah. they were convinced solely on We Don't Care Anymore that In the Wake of Determination would like outsell Page Avenue at least by double. Yeah. Yep. You know? So we did this just like fucking raw grassroots record and they were, everyone was pumped. I always think about that fact and think about the other fact, which is that it <laughs> didn't happen. Uh, <laughs> we, we did it make sold some, a lot of records still. I mean, yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. But we made, we made some like fucking just really elementary fucking some branding fuck ups. Yeah. Like just branding 101, like just dumb yeah. shit that we were just, you know? I I always wonder how much the decline of the music industry had to do with that because I mean that was like the perfect storm mm-hmm. of shit going wrong. You know, the long tail of the Napster kerfuffle <laughs> was like we were really seeing the effects of that in 2005, right? Mm-hmm. 2005 when that came out. Yep. yep. 15 years that's what yep. Um math. So I wonder what the balance was and there's no way to know but how much of it was, despite the songs, we were like a branding nightmare. How much of it was the <laughs> the industry was just declining. So that was, that's, you know, a it's band all- who was almost platinum before is only going to sell 250 or something now. All of it. Yeah, all it, was, of it. it was kind of the perfect storm. All and of it. Maverick folded that during too. the record cycle. Yeah, it'll do Later it. in the record cycle, but yep. it wasn't necessarily their fault. But it was just, you know, the music business was all fucked up. I remember, it you was know fun. what, that just reminds me, uh, we talked about this before, about how Maverick dissolved more than, like, they got kind of folded into Warner Brothers, basically. So, on the first album, they were a standalone label under Warner Brothers, an imprint that had a full staff and all this kind of shit. On the second album, I remember, I guess Reese, our manager, was talking about how in the in the label meetings, they would talk about the Warner bands, like, okay, what's Linkin Park doing? What's Green Day doing? What's so-and-so doing? Okay, what are all of the Maverick bands doing? You know, so Mm -hmm. like the talking point there was like this whole group got the same equal time that an individual band did on the other shit. My Chemical Romance, same time was coming up. So did have a lot of shit stacked against us is what it came down to. Yeah. Yeah, who cares? Still proud of it. Who cares? (laughs) I think Dan had a really important point 30 minutes ago. We could talk all day about how we... You got an important. How, how the record didn't necessarily. But you said something super to. important thirty minutes ago. Is that we maybe we wouldn't be sitting here, yeah, if we didn't do shit like that. If we didn't bet on ourselves and follow our own. <laughs> wow, Adam's chugging. Yeah, 
in we, the way kicks ass, and I'm proud of shit to have written it. <laughs> yeah, there, <laughs> there it is. is. Name that movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, not you guys. Not us. Oh, um, Patrons. I had a good. I had a good thought while I was upstairs peeing. Uh, we we went through a whole. Uh, well, we might have already kind of talked about this, but we went through a whole slew of producers that were going to possibly do the record. Oh yeah. Um, I think we did kind of talk about this, but. Uh, right at the end of the Nintendo Fusion tour in 2004, that was like the last Page Avenue tour that we did. And then we just took like a month off, but started writing immediately and just like went right back to work. Uh, we did some, maybe before that or something, we did radio shows and Bob Rock came out. Bob, yeah. Bob Rock, who had it was fucking, Warped Tour. Yeah, Warped Tour. Who, who did yeah. the Black Album by Metallica and fucking yeah. Dr. A. Feelgood from Motley Crue. And like he was. He was doing Simple Plans record. Yeah, he was working on the new Simple Plan record. Which at is the a time. great album, actually, if you listen and, to that and one. And he came out and like met with us and hang, hung out. He wanted us to, like, now that I think about it, should have done it. He wanted us to go to Hawaii and yeah, record yeah. where he lived. <laughs> yeah. Steve, Steve Evans, I love you, but goddamn. Hawaii with Bob Rock? <laughs> we made a good decision. Steve's awesome and it was a great record, but we we had these weird crazy options. The reason why we didn't do it, I think Bob wanted like a million to do the record. He basically. wanted a lot and we also didn't, at the time, didn't want to go no, to fucking Hawaii. Yeah, but... Which what, is dumb. What's kind of interesting though, because I, I, I had a phone conversation with Bob Rock before this. <laughs> yeah. A whole conversation. Were we on three-way? Because uh, I remember this. I, I, was, I, I, I was in the bathroom on the bus, like Closed the door and I was in the bathroom on the bus. I know I, I would know. have demanded to be on the call oh. at the time. I don't really remember you being on it, but you, that doesn't mean you weren't. I don't know. But um, I also think, I think the label might have also had something to do with that because we might have talked about this before, but I remember them going, well, you're going to, you know, your record's going to sound like a Bob Rock record, you know, which yeah. is ironic yeah. that they were cool with Steve Evitz, but it is uh, weird. They wanted us to do big production, big yeah. second record for sure. And they were willing to spend the money. We didn't want to spend the money. All I I just kept thinking it's like if we do get to work with Bob Rock, um, I, I was actually like in the frame of mind there, I I I was more like Snapcase, like I'd rather work with the dude who recorded Saves a Day and Snapcase all yeah. this shit. But I just remember thinking like if we get to work with Bob Rock, all I'm gonna do is ask about Metallica. Yeah. I'm just gonna want to hear stories. That's it. Which yes. is exactly For what we did. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Well on, we talked yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is what we did on the bus when he came. Yeah. Right? Like we all said did did he come on the bus yeah. or did we just yeah. It was we, him and like Pierre from Simple Plan or somebody. Yeah, yeah. Somebody was with him and they come and hung, hung out on the bus and we just talked about Metallica for yeah, like yeah. an hour. Dude, yeah. the even more embarrassing example of that is when you and I, I guess it was, or was it all of us with Terry Date? Yeah, it was all of us. It was that, all of that us. That was what yeah, I was yeah. going to say. We also... Yeah, the label didn't want us to work with him either. Yeah, so Terry we Date... We were fully like, we want to work with Terry Date. Yeah. Because he did all Deftones. the Deftones records, and they all said, the Pantera shit. They said no. They Maverick said, said nah. But we just talked about Deftones the whole time. Yeah. And Pantera. Yo, yeah, we straight up had a, like a Pantera interview. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, and I started pulling out my demos. I was like, dude, I can play like Pantera. I can play like Pantera. <laughs> I started showing him... Watch this. Yeah, it's yeah. called Our Time Is Now. Yeah, I started showing him my demos, and he was like... <laughs> Pretty cool, and I was like, "Wait, wait, just listen again." You know, I was just no. I don't think you heard it. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> like, uh, you like know Terry Gate really listened to you it. You know how to scoop that tone out to make it sound yeah, right, yeah, right? Yeah. Hey, man, could, you still have Pantera's numbers, right? Could you <laughs> tell them that that we're good? You know, like <laughs> yeah. that, uh, I don't. Well, I think Terry did want to do our record. Oh, yeah, for, he was he, all, he was hundred percent in. By the 100%. end, he was like hundred percent in, and also I could see it on his face that he was like. I get it. You like the bands that I recorded. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 yeah, I get yeah. it. Because we said no about Bob Rock. We didn't want to spend a million dollars to make our second record. Maverick said no about Terry Date. Yeah. Because the fourth Deftones record didn't do like, yeah, like well. Yeah. They were like, like after, eh, he's, he's not doing the stuff we want you to do for Deftones, basically. Yeah, yeah. After White Pony was the yeah, thing. Deftones, Deftones. He was in a doghouse, yeah. 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 
Wow. Either way, it was quite the journey until we met Steve. And then we were like, okay, this is fucking awesome. That Steve, sounds great. Steve got me when he was like, we're going to do all the, we'll do it on a click, but we're going to do all the drums on tape and we're going to find a studio that we, do you remember, we yeah. tried to do it on tape in, yeah, Chicago, in Chicago, but the fucking two inch That's tape. That's why we went to that, yeah. that studio. But there was re- something wrong with the, I remember this wrong with it for oh. sure. So two inch analog tape for anyone who doesn't know, like not straight into pro tools, like actual reels of tape. I remember we started it, we fired up the tape machine, and he, within the first, like, hour was like, I don't know, man. He was like... I thought there was, like, an issue with it. Well, he was like, it's cool, but, like, that fucking tape hiss, like... Yeah, I think I, it was something like that. I don't or, think I can fuck with it anymore. Or it wasn't working right. That's what it came, came down to. He's like, I, I think we should just fucking bail on it. Because there wasn't... Fucking there, terrible idea. There wasn't, that was not going to make the drums better. Right. I, will, oh, I was in. I, was, <laughs> I know we I all was were. so in, We dude. thought that that's what you had to do because to make shit sound enough, real. Dude, we recorded two albums on tape. Do you remember? Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah Big Blue Monkey. Yeah. yeah. That Before shit sounds time, fucking yeah. awesome. When I was the drummer. Yeah. All right. live. Me and Ryan had to play everything perfect. At the same time, Live, all in the, at the in same the room. time in the same room yeah. for our demo or for our EPs that we put out. Dude, you know what's days. weird though? I'm gonna like really throw it back. I don't know if you remember this or not, but like you still have those two inch tapes too. Fuck right? yeah, yeah, I got it all, dude. That's amazing. Yeah, we should get that digitized and you should remix it. That'd be <laughs> the fucking mix awesome. is not bad, dude. The fucking mix is outstanding. Case at two I would, relaxed studios was I, sick, man. Just I for fun though, wouldn't it be know, sick to pull up the multi track? I would like to do the later ones that we like when I started yeah, singing because yeah, those yeah. don't sound as good as the early yeah. shit did. Because it wasn't on tape. Because it wasn't on tape. <laughs> I guess that that was our fucking magic. Maybe I was wrong. So it was recorded on tape, which was cool because already then people were doing shit on like ADAT, which was digital tape, mm-hmm. right? So like it didn't last long. No, but I remember like when my band Lokash did an album with Ace. We ran out of tracks because I don't know why the fuck we. So we had to put someone at that and whatever. You had to have a whisper track and then like a yeah, deeper whisper and an inward scream and an outward scream and. Yeah, great band. <laughs> so there were not there weren't enough uh, tracks for all the dinosaurs that were supposed to be on that album. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I remember you playing. Maybe it was Truth and Separation, and you were like, "Dude, check this out." You hit play, and there was no sound, and you go. Digital silence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you looked at me like right in the eyes. And I was like, yeah, man, there's no like hiss or anything. It was like amazing. Oh, that that really? was because that was the first thing we ever had mastered. And yeah. there was like whatever yeah. company, it was like uh, on the East Coast somewhere. And, and like that was like part of the marketing. It's like 100% digital silence between songs. Blah, yeah. Blah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it was like that. Well, we that were, started with that piano intro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That we literally recorded on a tape player on in, a your, in your mom's living room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We were like, and just took it to Ace. Was like, here, put this at the beginning of the song. <laughs> my aunt Jenny went overseas for a year, so my mom like house at her piano. It, like, wanted my mom's living yeah, room. Yeah, like so. this big grand piano. Yeah, it was awesome. yeah. yeah. So we like put this boombox on it, and like, did we both play it? Yeah, because it was. Like, I think you did the low part, and yeah. I did the yeah, little, yeah. the high part. Yeah, yeah and like and a Sony boombox with a mic built in, right? Yeah. That silver yeah. mic from the like, cassette table. Like, the play cassette, record the cassette tape. Yeah. Play record button. Yeah. Fuck yeah. 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 That's how that. Well, nobody knows what the fuck this EP is that we put out. It's called Truth and Separation, Big Blue Monkey. Long time ago, 99. Yeah. But Head so. case, 9999. Yep. That's why I remember what year it came out. That yeah. just, again, is another example of how we were straight in like this transition. We, we lived through like three, four different transitions of technology and the music industry mm-hmm. and everything else where it's like, so pumped about digital silence yet like yeah. hey we gotta do this shit on tape Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean mm-hmm. that's why Page Avenue freaked us out so much because Felbin knew how to do everything digitally 
and fix things in Pro Tools. We had never fucking heard that before. Yeah, he <laughs> went, like, you can do that? He <laughs> was all in on like the next era and we were yeah. still hanging back. We had yeah, one foot like, in. No, you gotta do it to tape. Yeah. And yeah. that's that's why I was like naturally inclined to Steve Evitz because it was more of like that shit, you know, the snap case, the hardcore yeah. stuff. He was that, a good like, balance. Like yeah. he had a grasp on what was happening. And but he was willing to put in the work to like make an awesome raw mm. record. Yeah, yeah. And that's what we needed. Yeah. It was a perfect balance. The yep. list of albums that he worked on, like we could we couldn't not be fully drawn in by that. Like and Snapcase, Saves the Day, Glass Jaw. He worked on so much shit that we were so into that we we're like, this is the fucking guy. And a just a good dude. Yeah. Like just that's a chill, fucking awesome. Yeah, a good dude. I text with him all the time, but then of course when I texted him to come on here, he didn't reply to me. Fuck you, <laughs> Steve. No, must he, be busy. He might be in the studio, like just working his ass off. I have no idea what he's doing right now, but yep, it's all good. Yep. Um, I don't know. We could get deeper into songs and stuff, but I feel like we've been talking about shit for an hour already. Yeah, let's, let's do, do that next week. Let's try to get him on for Maybe real. We'll the do cool a part thing two is on in the wake next week. We can just talk about in the wake on twenty episodes if we want. We can talk about it whenever true. we want. We only have we can just, six, five albums. Yeah, we can talk about anything. Talk about it all year. Yep. Yeah, I only, I only remember like a week of that recording session. Yeah, Josh got his drums done, and then we did the rest at Ryan's yeah, yeah. house for like for like two more months. Yeah, and Josh didn't hear the rest of the record until like two months later. Yeah, so, yeah bye. He's like, "What'd you do with my drum tracks? <laughs> Sounds cool." He looked at the yep. checklist on the wall and said, "Done, done, done. See you later." I finished my basement. Yo, Those, did is it that checklist poster board thing that got uh, that was uh, yeah. in the wake? Who got that? Somebody bought it on the uh, Wolves campaign, right? On the Pledge Music thing. Yep. You sold that one. Yep. Mm-hmm. Whoever that is. Somebody probably, has it. Mr. Cronin. He probably bought it. I don't know. Maybe. I don't think it was him. Might Mike Cronin, been. what do you do for a living? Are you fucking... Are, are you, you are Elon Musk's assistant? Yeah. Are you a hedge fund manager? <laughs> uh, top fan, Mike Cronin. As you have... Uh, if you've heard Wolves or read the album... Ti- or the song titles, there's a song dedicated to Mr. Cronin. We're gonna we're gonna continue the in the wake conversation next week, and uh, maybe we'll get Steve to do it. Maybe we won't, but we'll keep deep diving on these songs because it was such a cool process in our career. Anyway, so we want to get to a couple of the questions we didn't get to last week on Patreon. If you are not a patron of our Patreon campaign site, whatever the fuck it's called, we st- I still don't know what Life. to call it. Life community, uh, do that shit because uh, it's a direct way to support our podcast and everything, every endeavor that we're working on right now, and interact with us. And uh, directly interact with us, <laughs> as you'll hear from the questions Ryan's laughing at that he's going to say right now. They're just great what questions. You got? <laughs> I just read the one about uh, this person said, my husband said Dan's a great kisser. <laughs> uh. Yeah, that was a fuck off and die show, I believe, her and her husband. What, what's her name? Aunt? I just, uh, Annie something. I don't remember. Uh, they came out to a fuck off and die show and, you know, we talked about story of the year and hung out all night and then got real drunk and evidently I kissed her husband right on the mouth. So they're swingers. Right on the, right on the lips. So you and Jenny are going to fuck those people. Uh, maybe we already did. See how it all shakes out. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first time I got crabs. Hey, Kyle Ragsdale wants to know if we'll ever have pyrotechnics at our shows. I just read that one too. Do you not remember Great White, guys? Hello. (laughs) Do you not remember what happened to James Hetfield uh, of Metallica and the Nine Two, the Nine Deuce? (laughs) Actually, both things we just said, no, nobody knows that at all. Uh, I don't know. That's just expensive and dangerous. That's that's the real answer is that we never played arenas. Super expensive. We never did big enough headlining tours, technically. We're not Avenged Sevenfold, guys. You can't do it in 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 even a nice big club setting, like a couple thousand. It doesn't really work. It's not really big enough. 
Like the pageant we could, I guess. Mm, maybe. What? The ceilings like, are high like enough. Bottle, like bottle rockets? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the next we'll pageant show, we're going to have sparklers. <laughs> we used to light the symbols on fire. Remember that? Oh, shit. That's true. If you guys have ever seen our old... At the galaxy, yeah. we committed arson. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that ceiling was about as high as this one, and we were lighting the fucking yeah, symbols yeah. on fire. With just straight lighter fluid, right? Like, yeah, we yeah. just run out with lighter fluid, light Oki on fire. Oki would do it, right? Yeah, he'd and then we'd come out on stage yeah. and start. He, Josh, yeah. start playing. Yeah. Like for an actual Fucking lighter, flames would right? be shooting yeah. all over the place and shit. <laughs> Very unsafe. Yeah, yeah. At that point, like Looked a club cool. like that, that was just like janky as fuck. The club promoter was nowhere to be found, so it didn't matter. We it were was like just an yeah. underground shitty punk rock club. They didn't give a fuck. And like, burn it down. Let's do it. We were like, uh, make we sure were, you tip your bartenders. <laughs> we were like Action Park. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, Scott Muir. Do you remember when Adam cut his hair on stage in Melbourne? Melba- Fuck yeah. Melbourne. 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 In Melbourne in 2008. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Dude, I remember that vividly in our boy Todd who... Yeah, you guys both did it, right? We brought a, a fan with, that we brought up on stage. We both cut our hair because I had long fucking Metallica homeless version of my sister hair. And it was like Adam's going to cut like his hair. like your sister without the sweet boobs. So I was like, Adam's going to cut his hair. Who wants to come up in here? Come up, come up in here and do <laughs> and do it as well. Hey, have another shot though, for so sure. We just, hey man, so so we we brought hey, this we dude. all know what happened last night, guys. Let's settle down. Yeah. So we we brought this dude up. He's like, "Fuck, I'll cut my hair." So we both got haircuts on stage, just the most ratchet ass fucked up haircuts. And that dude, to we this didn't day, even shave him or anything. It was just like scissor haircuts. No, I don't remember. I thought we shaved it, like the sides of. Yeah, him. I thought we shaved it or something. Either way, we did it. We might as well have done it with fucking rocks and shit. Yeah, like <laughs> it was middle of the set, so we were like doing it really fast. Yeah, whatever happened. But Todd, uh, this is in Australia in Melbourne. Todd was uh, the Mike Cronin of the time. Yeah, he was a super fan. He was awesome. I still keep in contact with that dude somehow. Like we're we're like still bros, and he lives in fucking Greece, and it has like a residency at a club. And is like a DJ who like crushes. He's fucking crushing life. That's like, awesome. Oh. Yeah. Chase wants to know what your favorite TV shows and cartoons growing up. Ooh. What those were. My favorite show was the TJ Mullen commercial. Cartoons. Voltron. Yeah, Voltron. Ninja Turtles. I, I loved He-Man as a kid. I yeah. love yeah, Saved by the Bell, dude. I oh, love yeah. Saved by the Bell. You know, I dressed up Did as you know that's He-Man. actually live, live humans? That's not a cartoon. She said TV shows <laughs> oh, or sorry, cartoons. sorry. I thought it was only cartoons. <laughs> it's not a cartoon. <laughs> Yo, that's not a cartoon. Saved by the Bell, yes. Yeah. Del Bell, I said. Not a good show, though, in Russia. No, but as a kid, I loved it. Yeah, I loved it. I love um, Zach Morris. I watched The Wonder Years. Oh, fuck. Yeah, good ass show. Yeah, yeah. Doogie yeah. Hauser. Yeah. I love uh-huh. Doogie Hauser. Yo, NPH would never do that. You know, it was like not cool. Well, it is cool, but uh, uh, my so called life, like when we were teenagers. Mm. Yeah. Because Jared Leto was uh, uh, Jordan Catalano in, yep. that, in that show, and he was in a band and stuff. I was like, fuck yeah, I want to be him. And yep. then he really wasn't a band later in life, but I didn't yep. know. And now he has seconds, a cult. I didn't know that 30 Seconds <laughs> to Mars was ever going to be a, a, a band later in my life, but. Serena D'Angelo. Oh, Serena. Hello. What is your favorite American city and or venue to play in and why? Hmm. Altoona, Pennsylvania. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. I <laughs> can't wait to get to that story. Yeah, yeah. It's not much of a story. We just had a really bad show that night. All right, we're probably all going to say the pageant is it one or two. We're really lucky in the city to have yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. this kind of venue. So let's, so let's- I bet we can all say the second best venue the Norva. I'm going to say the Norva. Damn, the Norva. I was going to count it off, but yeah, of course. Yeah, okay. It's the Norva in Norfolk, Virginia. Yeah. What's weird, though, is like there's one specific thing about that venue that would make 
us hate it if it wasn't otherwise so badass. There's no backstage access. You have yeah, to come in gotta, through the front. You got to walk yeah. through yeah, the yeah, crowd. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I forgot the about that. Dressing room has a hot tub in it. A hot yeah. tub. There's sauna, a racquetball like three court saunas. in there. Yeah. It's a huge dressing room. Yeah, seven like not it's seven, like, but there's like, like a bunch of showers, rooms. like individual showers, sauna, fucking hot tub, basketball court, basketball court, uh, uh, all kinds of other games like ping pong yeah, like or a game room. Yeah, like a game yeah. room because it used to be like a like a fucking Lions Club or something like that yeah. as well. Yeah. Speaking of that, there's another one. But was it you or somebody else who was in that sauna? The, the the year that we all got the flu with Monty R.I., somebody was in that sauna and passed. That's, it was like that incubator where it's like that's where the, the fucking flu got passed. That, no, it wasn't Chris. Well, we all lived in like within yeah. two feet of each other in a bus Who all the time. That, so we weren't going to get it. Was that? It was somebody in another band for sure. Oh, yeah. It's probably somebody in Monty. <laughs> I bet it was Steve. I think it was Steve and you. Hmm. Sounds about Speaking right. Speaking of Jordan Catalano. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Steve from Montiari, who was in 30 Seconds He's to Mars. He's in 30 Seconds to Mars What up, now. Steve? Shit. Future podcast guest. Um, um, my my the, second the one, North though, is, is fucking great. Um, the Rave in Milwaukee. Yeah, that's a cool That's what club. I was about to say, too. Just Very going, cool. like, exploring through all those. Uh, Fuck yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. It's got three levels. There was a year that, what was it, Taste of Chaos or? Uh, Taste of Chaos. Yeah. Oh, that was the year we played in the big, big ballroom upstairs. Yeah, because there were all three, le- there's three levels of we that club. We played the other ones a thousand times, but. If anyone is in within driving distance of Milwaukee, even if you're within like fucking 10 hours, go see a show at the Rave. It's this awesome old building that feels haunted as fuck. It was this old uh, Eagles club. Yeah. Yeah, it's called the Eagles Ballroom upstairs, right? Yeah. Yep. Which is like mm-hmm. an old, like, white dude. It's very Union like, club from it's like very Nazi ish. It is. The whole building is <laughs> kind of like. For, for sure. And well, it's, it was, they were, they were, I think they were actual Germans. It was like a. Yeah. It has German that vibe. community. Yeah. It has yeah. that vibe about the whole building does. So it's got this like crazy dark, like early 20th century kind of history. And also in the 80s and 90s, once like the. You know, like all the inner cities in the United States started to kind of like decline into crime and stuff. And like everything was kind of at its worst. It was, I mean, it still is in kind of like a sketch neighborhood, but it was like really gnarly in the 90s. Well, right across the street. Is that where you're going to go? Yeah. Diagonally across the street is a hotel called the Ambassador. Yep. Which is an, an amazing old hotel. And now like it's fully remodeled. It's amazing. But that hotel has the fucking darkest history. That is where... That club and that hotel, Jeffrey Dahmer would go pick up people from the rave when it was still a rave, take them to that hotel and kill them. Mm. And then... And eat their dicks and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So Dude, we, you know we, what that reminds... We, sorry, go ahead. We've been playing there for, what I was going to say, like six, 17 years. And yeah, that was always fascinating there with to Goldfinger, us. like... Yeah, that was we, one of the first tours we ever did. We played mm-hmm. the rave. Yeah. That uh, reminds me, that band Letter Kills. Fuck yeah. Did Matt ever tell you the story... About um, when you're coming up, you don't have a lot of money, so you like would say, "Hey, can we sleep at your house? Anybody out there?" Yeah, yeah. Did they crashed at like this mansion? This dude had like this mansion, and uh, super cool. Like fed him, put him up, and all that stuff. And a couple weeks later, they saw on the news that they found a human head in a freezer oh, at the house yeah. they stayed at. No way. Yeah, <laughs> I do kind of remember. Him I talking don't remember about that. that. Dude, That's awesome. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. yeah, that's weird. Like. That's shit you do on your first few van tours or yeah. maybe your whole career if that's just I remember where you staying stay, but, at random houses, yeah, random apartments, like random couches. Like, hey, we just go out and sell CDs, but like, hey, anybody have a house we could crash yeah. at? Like we did, we did it the out. one we did the one time we were sleeping in like some basement, but their grandma came downstairs yeah. and yeah. kicked us out. Yeah. Like at like midnight. Like, yeah. what the fuck? 
fuck are you doing? And it, we, Who are these fucking assholes? And we're like, oh, fuck. Oh, we're sorry. We're just trying to go to bed, literally. We we wound up staying at like a similar situation, like a big mansion. Some dude, he had like an in-ground pool. You guys remember that yeah, shit? Outside like, of DC. In, like, Maryland. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. I think that one worked out, right? We yeah. stayed there. We, yeah. we slept there. Yeah. We stayed at your aunt's house once in Ohio. Yeah. She had like a yeah. pond with like yeah. with chlorinated she let us water stay there for like a week. It yeah, like, or like, a few days. I feel like we like wrote a song, like yeah. an important song there. Uh, Until the day I die, lyrics. I remember I was like I was working through them still, like the parts oh, that we yeah. didn't have done. I had I like finished the yeah, verses yeah, while we were yeah, there. Yeah, I think we were, like, I wrote. Uh, I think I wrote one of the songs on the album on that little dock there too. Yeah, we were like. On tour with Goldfinger, I guess, Goldfinger, and we were, like, right? finishing we were, the record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were getting ready to do a random warp Tour date with yeah. them. Either way, yeah, my aunt lived in Ohio. She does not anymore. I think they just sold that house just recently, but hmm. then she lived in England, and she's she, she she gets around. She's all over the place. It's crazy. Jolly old England. Big supporter of the Story of the Year band. Is she a patron? My Aunt Cheryl. Is she a patron? Cheryl. Better fucking be a patron. We're going to beat her ass. God. Want to do one more? What you got, dickhead? Yeah. What you got, dickhead? <laughs> uh, I think we should let Josh take this one. Exploring the Obscure wants us to talk about all the torment you guys put your bus drivers through. I absolutely mm. loved watching that on your DVDs, which is pretty much you and Kevin. So oh, I don't know Kevin. if you want to talk about you and Kevin. <laughs> Our a second bit. one is the, yeah. the Josh and Kevin show. Yeah. Oh, Kevin was the best because you could, he fucked with you. And like, there was no like, oh, I work for this band. It was immediate. Fucking, fucking cocksuckers! You remember the first day? I wasn't sure about this. I was like, "Who's this dude think he is?" Like, he's he's really intense, aggressive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Within hours, he was like, he was just talking so much shit to us, and he's one of those people that's like, either you get him and you're like, "All right, cool," or you're like, "Who the fuck is this guy? He's fired." Yeah, Yeah. but we got him. We were like, "Yes, he's a fifty-something Canadian. Uh Drives tour buses for a living." Uh Just one of the most unique people I've ever experienced in my life. Probably should have been a stand-up comedian or something. Because just the vibe he has, he has the quickest comeback. You can't say anything to him. You can't. He'll get you, no matter what. Dude, he. now that I think about it, you hit the nail right on the head. He would be one of the 10 biggest comics in the world right now. (laughs) Yeah. Like he would, you'd be driving on he, you know, in the middle of the night, driving on the highway, and you're sitting in the front lounge watching a movie, and he'd run past you. <laughs> yeah. like, what he, the fuck are you doing? Well, take the go, fucking wheel. Go, take the wheel. Take the wheel. Take the wheel. <laughs> and he would just go to the yeah. bathroom. Like, what the fuck are you? What? <laughs> like, we all drove a bus for the first yeah. time on that tour. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And you know what's <laughs> Every cool? Every one of us. He would like, like, God he, damn it, Kevin. You would have those times though, where it, like he would get real serious sometimes and real like heartfelt and yeah. like. Yeah. You'd kind of cut like, through. I love you, fucking cocksuckers. Yeah, like, he, he, every once in a while he would get real heavy and, and deep, but like, but twenty percent of you was waiting from the go. Ah, fuck you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Josh was the only one that every time Kevin would say something, ah, fucking shut up, Kevin. <laughs> oh, Which is documented him. on the DVD. Yeah, I fucked with him all the time. It was great. <laughs> it, it was like you two were so <laughs> at each other's throats all the time that like ninety percent of the time we're like, okay, they're both in on the joke. But there's that like couple percent where you're like, but are they mad? <laughs> yeah, I was like, is, is Kevin actually mad? Do you remember outside of the Blue know. Note when Kevin got in that excavator <laughs> and just started yeah, like, dude. he fucking started driving it around. He started driving an excavator around, like lift, lifting the bucket up and like digging with it. And then he got out and blamed us. He was like, <laughs> yeah. the fuck are you guys doing? Yeah. It's like, we're just watching you. Uh, but dude, so best, awesome. best DVD quote. You only got three fans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
that was great too. Yeah. But he says, it's called moderation, Biff. Yeah. You don't see me sucking back an eight ball every day. Yeah. <laughs> but dude, uh, he, him and Biff had that, that relationship yeah, too. Yeah, for they sure. would argue and it was great. There is one moment, which is on the DVD where he actually got upset and got mad. Yeah. And it was that house of blues thing. Yeah. We didn't know, or we kind of knew, but we were still egging him on. And he, like, in retrospect, we were, like, actually pushing him to the edge. Yeah. I don't remember this. Because we fucked up that venue for whatever. We, like, trashed the dressing room. We did something bad. Yeah. Like, I don't know. And he was, like, despite him being a fucking lunatic, was, like, okay, this is my job. This is a nationwide a global actually like it's on the DVD. Yeah, yeah. like a yeah. global chain of venues. If this is fucked up, I'm fucked. Yeah. So he goes, This is my job, guys. Like I have to I have to go I have to go here. And, and I, I think I said, here. Stop fingering me, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. While he was the talking venue, to the actual the venue, like the promoter and the venue people are out, out there yelling at us. And yeah. we none of us cared because we were like, Yeah, fuck it. Stupid fucking show. Whatever. Yeah. And Kevin's like, shut the fuck up. Which house of blues was this? Chicago, right? We were in the we know. were in the dungeon. It wasn't the no, dungeon one. It was no. like an outdoor th- where the bus was parked, I believe. Yeah, I don't if know. I remember the DVD correctly, which couldn't have been Chicago. Oh, I would no. think Chicago. Ve- though. Vegas. Yeah, it might oh, have been yeah, Mandalay Bay. Bay. Yeah, yeah, yeah Mandalay Bay. Vegas. House of Blues. Yeah. Yeah. that would make a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Was, that, that was the, the night you kicked the, the fucking the, the, the monitor night. Yeah, and it was that night. My uncle Bob was there. Right, Uncle Bob. Yeah, Uncle Bob. Uncle Bob. Uncle Bob. Right. What about Bob? Eight. Let's get Kevin for the next tour for our next next next. All right. Let's get Kevin to just come to my house. <laughs> Post COVID first tour, no, I don't care if he has a different job. I don't. You're quitting. He you might not quit. be alive. Who fucking no, knows? Dude, he's alive. He people like him don't Canadi- die. Canadians no. don't die. He's, no, like, he's you know fucking indestructible. Like, people like him don't die. Like That's they true. just don't. Like dude, mm-hmm. he's not dead. What? Yeah, never mind. I, I was gonna say. Dude, which he, one of you guys are on Facebook? I guarantee he's on he Facebook. Didn't he used to have him as a driver later, and then maybe he got fired, and then some other bad things <laughs> happened to him? I guarantee <laughs> he's been fired by like dozens of bands that he'll come back. Did, don't get him the way that we get him. We got him from the used. He had drove. That's right. The maybe all the stories before. I'm thinking of was before because Brandon we even had knew him. him. Yeah, that's right. Oh, I just man. texted Chad Olick to see if he has Kevin's number. <laughs> I got I have Kevin's old number. I'm pretty sure. I do too. But probably, he's probably had nine numbers number. since then. His number. After that tour, it'd be like three years later. After the last tour we did with him, like it'd be like two years later. You just get a random text from him, like, go, go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I heard. I heard. Hope you cocksuckers are doing all right. I, yeah. I talked to Chad last time. I talked to Chad. Kevin was working for some country singer out of Texas, and oh, strictly yeah. only drove him. That's all he did. Yeah. That's oh, just the, the individual. He'll come back for us. Well, that, I think multiple things, tour bus, other stuff. Like, yeah. I think it would only work for that guy. What if he's like a pilot now or something? <laughs> if he's a pilot. Oh, he's, running, he's running drugs from Mexico if he's a pilot. I'm the pilot. I don't fly. I would never fucking fly in a plane with Kevin, though. <laughs> no. Do you, do you Here, are, you take, are, take it. Take you already it. said on another... <laughs> Dude's fucking insane. Yeah. At least there's autopilot for real on, on, a, on a plane. But you said in another episode how he, <laughs> he had in the past helped illegally transport people across the Canadian border <laughs> yeah. via Wave Runner. Yeah. <laughs> on the water yeah. like Kenny Powers, dude. Yeah. Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. That's called terrorism, guys. Uh, Terror. Terror. Cool. Let's wrap this shit. What fucking a great Kevin. way to end it. Yeah. All right. We should uh, remind you to all the Kevins out there. We love. Let's you. remind this, these these folks about the ghost signal. The ghosts. We are rehearsing nonstop. We're Super crushing hard. it. The location is amazing. 
This shit's going to be super next level. Adam knows four out of the 12 songs from the Black Swan right now, so we're getting close. <laughs> Those four, though. Those four, uh, yeah. though. So gosignal.co. It's cheap, too, right? Isn't it like 10 bucks, 11 bucks? It's cheap. $57.99. If you don't know what the fuck gosignal is, we're doing live stream shows. All of our albums. Yes. That we care about. <laughs> no. Well, also, no, for real, our first three albums we're doing front to back. And The Wake is in a couple weeks, and then uh, Black Swan's second, and then Page Avenue's third. And we're only doing three because we were only going to do like one or two, and then it was like, well, let's push it to three. We would do them all, but it's a lot of work to get this shit going. So three was the most we could handle right hey, now. After the shows, we're going to investigate the paranormal too. Yeah, and, after, yes. and if, the, if these work, I'm going to ask you guys... To do Wolves, a Wolves one too. Fuck uh, yeah, I'm in. Yeah, the the fans have already asked us that, dude. But like I said, it's a lot of work to get these shows together front to back. Yeah, because we don't remember. We've never played half of these songs, so they're legit. Some songs on here that I haven't played in 15 years. Yeah, there's just a lot of behind the scenes like infrastructure that we have to like, if not do ourselves, we have to delegate, and it's just a lot. But it's totally worth it, and shit's fucking crushing. So it's gonna be oh, awesome. Yeah. Uh, and we posted today a little sneak peek of, of the lighting setup and shit. And uh, it's fucking awesome. So get that shit. It's the most you're going to see story of the year live for now, for a while. Yup. Till the apocalypse is over. Yeah. And thank you patrons for supporting this podcast. Cause we have a blast. I feel like, uh, I don't know, I feel like I'm in high school every time I come here and do this shit. I just, <laughs> it's the fucking best. We're so. reliving our whole lives together. Yeah. So in next, front of you. Yeah. Appreciate I don't know, y'all just, helping out with my Bentley payment too. Just yeah, an extra extra shout out to the patrons. You know. Fuck yeah. The Patreon folks. You got some special shit coming for you. Speaking of special shit, anyone who's a patron at a certain tier, I don't know off the top of my head which tier. Nonetheless, you have access to patron only stuff during the live stream, either viewing it or participating in it. Either Matt or participating. In Yep. <laughs> Slow down, little cub. We'll no get there. No more tears. <laughs> <laughs> mama, mama, I'm coming home. Or participating in it Baba. directly. Baba, Baba. What's my mama code? <laughs> That's what I was about to say. Oh, That's the best. That's the yes. best. What's my mama code? <laughs> Barbershop. What movie is that for? Oh, shit. He already said it. Hey. That's not right. That is right. It's Barbershop 2, right? Oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it is. It's one of the two. No. Anyway, if you want to participate directly in the live stream <laughs> shit on the internet. Baba. Yo, I'm finna get some fish. I'm finna get yeah, some fish. Yeah, Ricky. Ricky. Patreon.com. My wife loves Ricky. Sorry, sorry, Adam. Go ahead. Keep going. Hey, Patreon.com slash story of the year. Shit, yeah. Go check it out. GoSignal.co. Be involved. .gov. Get to that shit. Storyoftheyear.gov. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll see you at tax season. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. My name's Adam. Federally funded. I'm Dan. Josh. I'm Ryan. Fucking rate this podcast. Pass it along. Suck one. Can